Okay, we're picking up that Gimel on the bed. It's actually a fun omen. It's um, pretty much a gadata. Um, we concluded with the comparison between Hashem and us, right? Where the Chativa, we made Hashem Chativa Achat, and He makes us Chativa Achat. So now we remember in the story where these rabbis went to uh, to um, Rabbi Yeshua and Pekian, right? And they weren't uh, sharing the Torah. He was upset at them. So let's continue. So it says, "Avhu patach v'derash." So it says, "Avhu Rashi says, Rabbi Lazman Azariah." Uh, they're going to go on and say another thing. Rabbi, when once they got started, they, right, they were a little reluctant at first. But you know, it's another thing. Rabbi Lezman Azariah said. He said, "Divrei chachamim kedarbu no to kamas meirod nituim baleil sufot." The words of the uh, the Chachamim are like uh, Darbonot. Why am I blanking on what Darbonot means? Masmerot um, is like nails, planted nails. Baleo uh, Sufot, they get like gathered together. means they're given by one shepherd. Uh, hold on. Uh, Darbonot are goads. It's like a stick you use to like poke the animal when you want it to like do the right thing. Uh, go where you want to go. So um, it says as follows: Lama nimshalu divrei Torah ledarban. So why were the words of Torah compared to a goad? Okay, so the um, this is a nice uh, section if you'd like to have like uh, a gadata about the value of Talmud Torah and like the specialness of Talmud Torah. This is a good little gadata here. It says why was Torah compared to a goad? Just as this goad directs the cow to its furrow. To be able to bring life to the world. I mean, the goal of this goad is to sort of allow for plowing, which ultimately leads to planting, which leads to food, right? So, so to the words of Torah, direct those who learn it from the path of death to the path of life. Okay, the Gemara says, well, hold on. Maybe you'll say that just as the Darban is something that is, can be carried around, sort of, it's like sort of not really fixed in any one place. Maybe the words of Torah also kind of just like are very flighty and can sort of be like moved around all over the place and don't have a certain sense of, of stability. Talmud Lamar Masme wrote. That's the Pasuk continues and says here from Kohala, right? That they're like nails. Nails are fixed. So the Torah is very stable. Well, you might say, well, when it comes to a nail, a nail can get worn away. It can be like law. You can lose some of the nail over time, but it doesn't increase at all. So maybe you say the same thing about Torah. It just sort of withers away and doesn't increase. That's what it says they're planted, meaning the words are planted, that the different Torah, just like a plant grows, so too different Torah can grow. Just as a netiyah, the plant, the thing that's planted, uh, multiplies, it's fruitful and multiplies, so too the words of Torah. So this is a reference to Tamid HaChamim, who gathered together to learn Torah. Um, these ones will declare something to be Tameh, and these ones declare it to be Tahor. These ones say something is prohibited, these ones say it's permitted. These ones say it's, uh, ones say it's uh, invalid, these ones say it's valid. So, maybe a person will say, well, how can I learn Torah? If there's so many different viewpoints, you know, from one side to the other, how can I even learn Torah? I don't know what's going to be correct. So, Torah says, the person says, they are all given from one shepherd. One God gave them, one leader, uh, 
said them, that's reference to Moshe Rabbeinu, from the, uh, the mouth, as it were, of the master of all deeds. Baruch Hu, blessed be he. Uh, as I said, says, God uh, said all these things. Okay? So it says, uh, So you too, Make your ears like a funnel, And acquire for yourself, You have to make your heart be able to hear both the words of those who say it's Tamin and what's in the say it's Tower. Right, so you have to be able to hear all these different things. So it's a beautiful idea, right, that the Torah encompasses all these different ideas, one side to the other side, it all comes from Hashem, and this is the wonderful part of Torah. So, so that's the that's what they quoted from Blas Benazari. To Belash and Azam Marlahem. So he said to them in this language, this is what the Rabbi Yeshua responded, Ain Dor Yatom There's no generation that be considered to be orphaned if Rabbi Benazaria is dwelling among them. Okay? Now the Gemara says, okay, great. So he, after he said all these wonderful, uh, they said all these wonderful divrei Torah from Rebbe Lezim Nazariah, why didn't they just say it straight up? Like, you know, Behedya means explicitly. Behedya means like right away. Like, why were they so hesitant to say what they had learned in the Beit Midrash? And they were like, no, Rebbe, you teach us. I mean, what was the big deal? If they say, because of this event, this is a really kind of an interesting story. Titania is willing to the bright So there's a story of Rabbi Yosef ben Durmaskit who went to greet his uh, Rebbe, Rabbi Lazar, in, in Lod. So he asked him basically the same question. What was the new thing taught in the base Medrash? He said to him, Okay, so he says they uh, gathered together and voted. Nimna is like they kind of like counted them all up together. It means like they had a vote. Rashi says Nimna Vagamra is further up the page. He says, Vihitkinu Sheyu Yisrael Hadarin Be'Ebrahar Yardain, Bimasha Kapshu, Mi Sichon, Ve'og Eretz Amonu Moag. Meaning the land that was in Abraham Yardin, which is the place where Amun and Moab lived, right on the on the, on the eastern side of the Jordan, Me'asrin Achshav Ma'asar Ani Bishviit. They should give out the tithe for the poor during the Shemitah year. Shehein hayu zorin b'shviit, because they would plant during the Shemitah year. Because the people who came up from Babel didn't make it sanctified. Uh, so therefore, what's the point? It's a strange, it's a sort of a strange um, element. That on the one hand, the places of Ammon and Moab are not considered to be part of Eretz Israel, so there's no din of Shvit, no din of the Shemitah year. On the other hand, they're separating Masrot. What's the point? They're doing it for the Aniyim, for the poor people. So the poor people have what to eat. Because again, in the Shemitah year, you don't have to have uh, you know, the uh, the Masrot because all the land is Hefka. But over there, if they're not observing the Shemitah year, right? So then what are the people going to, what are the poor people going to do? So they instituted to have Masr only over there. Okay, so that was the statement that that, uh, that uh, uh, Rabbi Yosef ben Durmaski told Rabbi Lazar about this vote. So Amar Lo, so he's responded to him, Yosi Pishot Yadecha Necha. He said, Put out your hands and receive your eyes. Which kind of sounds like his eyes are gonna fall out. Pasha Yada Bakibalanov. So that's what happened. So that's exactly what happened. He put his eyes his hands out, his eye he received his eyes, his eyes fell out. Now I don't know exactly what that symbolizes, but it doesn't sound too good. Bacha Rabbilazar Amar Rabbilazar cried and said, So Dashem li Reyavrito Lohodiem that uh, the secret of Hashem goes to his those who fear him and his covenant to those who let it be known. So anyhow, he was 
it's not so clear exactly what's going on here. But he was pretty upset about the uh, about the idea. Rashi says here, Peshot Yadecha, Huksha Be'enav Shenatan Atara Lo Oto Doresh, Valomi Botan Shekinaset Agdola Haitat Takanazo. So Rashi says that what the problem was is that he was found it very difficult that this guy gave credit that this Rabbi Yosi Medramasik gave credit to the people who kind of came to this uh, came to this uh, decision. But this is already way back when the Ashikinaset Agdola they had this Takana, right? Um, that's what he's about to say now. Amarlo lechem morlahem. He says, go tell them. Al tachushu minyanchem. Don't get so uh, worried or like worked up about your minyan, about your uh, vote. Essentially, kach mikublami merav yochlam mezakai sheshama mirabo verabo mirabo. I already have a tradition from yochlam mezakai. Heard from his rebbe. Hear it from his rebbe. Hilchad alamoshim b'sinai amu nemoav measrin master on the bishvit. Okay, he said they already have halachamosh misina. This is what they do. So this is ridiculous. But you told me it's ridiculous, and that's why I'm so upset that you uh, told me that, and therefore you had to have your eyes come out. So okay, um, and uh, you might I don't know. It just occurred to me now. You know there is a phrase that says chacham enav berosho. Like that's a phrase, right? Like a chacham kind of like can anticipate sort of thing. So maybe that's sort of like symbolic, like. You lose your eyes. It means like you have no common sense. And the idea is matam. What's the reason this is true that they gave the master ani? There's many cities that the people came up from Mitzrayim. The Jews after the the, uh, the story of Shmot, they came up and they uh, conquered those cities. The people from Babel, when they came back uh, after the destruction of the first place of Mikdash, they did not reconquer those places. This a famous idea about the the original kedusha that that happened. When the people came out of Mitzrayim, when he originally conquered Eretz Israel, so according to this opinion, at least, there's a machloket about this in Shas, uh, it says that the original one was called Kitsha Lashata for its own time, but not Latid Lavod, not for all time, and therefore these places in Amun and Moab, they lost their Kedusha. Okay, and they left it alone. excuse me. They left him alone so that the Yaniyim would have what to rely on during the Shemitah year. Okay, so it's a pretty scary story. So you can understand why, if like you sort of like, if that's the precedent, that if you if you repeat things to your rebbe that kind of are inappropriate or the wrong thing, you have pretty harsh consequences. So maybe we can understand why these uh, why these rabbis didn't want to tell Rabbi Yeshua what they had heard in the base Medrash. Anyway, the, the end of the story is Tana la'achar shidi Joshua Dato. They taught that after he sort of calmed down, Amar he said Yehi Ratzon shiachzru and Nei Yosi lim Koman. It should be God's will that the his eyes should go back to where they are, uh, where they belong. Vechazru and he went back. So the end of the story is like you know uh, I won't say happy, but back to normal. But nonetheless, you can understand why they got upset. Okay, strange, a little bit of a strange story. Back to the halacha issue. We discussed Cheresh for a while. Ezehu Shota. What is a Shota? Shota, we said, is somebody who doesn't have full mental faculties. But how do you define that? So it says, Hayotse Yechidi Balayla. It's somebody who goes out alone at night. And somebody who sleeps in the cemetery, I guess, like overnight. And he tears his garment. Okay, so those are sort of like very strange behaviors. So that if you're doing that type of behavior, uh, that that qualifies you as a shota. So Idma Rafuna Mar It was stated that Rafuna said you have to have all three of those things. Okay, you have to do all three, that would qualify as a shota. Rabbi Yochanan says no, even one of them. Well, again, hey Chidam, Rabbi says how how so? How does that work? If he did these things in a sort of a let's call it a crazy way. Even one of them should be enough. 
if he's not doing it in a crazy way, if it's sort of like sensible for whatever reason, the way he's behaving, and all the, all three of them to also shouldn't be considered to be a shoulder. Meaning it should be much more sort of like uh, contextual to determine whether someone's a shoulder or not. You can't just objectively do these things that makes you a shoulder. So the Gemara says, So really what we're talking about the case of where the person did a derech shtut, um, so really it's about doing a derashtut, and somebody who uh, lies and sleeps in a beta kvarot, so um, it's not necessarily problematic because he could be doing it in order to have a ruach tum'ah upon him. Rashi says at the very the last Rashi in the page, it says, ruach shedim. He wants to get like a spirit of the demons so he can do witchcraft. So then I guess, again, that's not a halakhically legitimate thing to do, but it's not a crazy thing to do. That's, I guess, the idea. Like maybe you want to go to get the place of the spirits. So you go to those, you go to the cemetery. That's where the spirits are. So you have to figure that out. It's not, right. That's just not to be crazy. That's like, okay, it's not halakhically allowed, but it would, it would, it's not crazy. If you believe in, if they believed in witchcraft, this much sense. It's like, it's, it's sensible that you would, uh, that's you want to go, right? Like you're, if you're doing a seance, you do it in the cemetery. That's where you go. That's not crazy. That's makes no sense. Okay, you're just uh, too uh, rational, you know, rationalist to uh, to think that that's sensible. But it's not, you know, but in that world. Vayozi yechidi belayla. Somebody goes out alone at night. That's also pretty strange, I guess, in their times. Amor gan gandaripas achde. We could say that maybe a fever took uh, took hold of him, and that he went outside to get a cool air. Like okay, so normally maybe it's not so safe to go out at night, but he had to get the cool air because of his fever. Then mekareksuto, and if he's uh, tearing up his clothes, amor bam machshavotu. He maybe he has like a lot of uh, preoccupying thoughts. Like maybe he's just sort of like you know over overcome with like thinking about other things, and he's sort of like isn't really paying attention, he's sort of doing things mindlessly or something. But again, the point is, that's not crazy behavior, that's not like a shota behavior, it's just, it's unusual behavior, but we can kind of explain it away, and if you can explain it away, then we're not going to get, uh, we're not going to label you as a shota. But, but once you're doing all those things, so that's like somebody who, or like an ox, that gores a donkey, a, excuse me, an ox, a donkey, and a camel. I mean, the Gemara Baba Kama, right, talks about making a shore tom, right, which doesn't normally gore, how do you make a shore muad? So in that discussion, you know, sometimes it's very specific, like this shore gores other oxen, or gores, you know, I don't know, dogs, or gore whatever, or gores people, whatever it might be. But... Uh, if it, at a certain point, you might say it's just you know, across the board, it's considered to be a shore muad. If it gores all three things, a shore, a chamor, okay, now this, okay, that's enough. And now we see you're just a wild, wild ox. So same thing with this guy. You might have explanations for each individual one. Once we see you doing everything, you're like a muad in a certain sense, and therefore you're considered to be a shota. More to discuss there, but we will discuss that. Bezrat Hashem tomorrow.